This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie. And we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews. But now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. We want to hear from you. Please take our 10-minute survey and tell us what you think about our 48 Hours podcast. Visit cbsnews.com slash podcast dash survey. No spaces and all lowercase to take the survey. Again, that's cbsnews.com slash podcast dash survey. We appreciate your feedback and love your support. I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours, and this is Married to Death. I promised you a startling end to this case and you're going to get it. This is the sixth and final episode of Married to Death, the case of Raynella Leith, an ending that no one, except maybe the judge, saw coming. Uh, my name is Michael Persicano, and I'm a professional coffee roaster. My name is Jesse Capps, and I'm a contract floor technician. My name is William McMichael, and I'm in sales in the power sports industry. And what brought the three of you together. Jerry Duty. Whenever I cover a trial, I always want to interview members of the jury. Their perspective is just so different from anyone else in that courtroom. But I'm not sure I've ever wanted to hear from a jury more than during this trial. And lucky for us, three of the jurors agreed to sit down and talk. What about Raynella Lee, the first time you saw her, how much did you watch her during the trial? A lot. Quite a bit. I studied her. I wanted to get a feel for how she reacted when that physical evidence was presented. I don't think anything you've heard in the first five parts will prepare you for what you are about to hear in part six. But before we get to the verdict, I first want you to try and put yourself in the position of those jurors because they walked into that courtroom on May 1st, 2017 with a completely clean slate. Had any of you heard of Raynella Leith before you sat on that jury? Mm -mm. No, not a word. These jurors were never told how Raynella's first husband, Ed Dossett, died or that she was once charged with his murder and that those charges were dropped. And they never heard Stephen Walker tell his extraordinary story of surviving a barrage of bullets from Raynella's gun. 
All they knew was what was presented in this case, in this trial, in the death of David Lee. So I ask you, if you were one of those jurors, what would you do? Could you say beyond a reasonable doubt that David Leith was murdered? And if you believe he was murdered, did prosecutors do enough to prove that Raynella Leith was the one who pulled the trigger? Those are the questions in this case. Now, let's get some answers. We are inside courtroom number two. My producer, Josh Gaynor, and I were seated in the back row. Cindy Wilkerson, David Lee's daughter, and her family took their usual seats in the front, sitting to our left. All rise. Raynella, of course, was at the defense table. Her two daughters, Maggie and Katie, and all of Raynella's supporters packed the rows behind her to our right. Before the jurors get the case. Let the record reflect that all parties are present in the courtroom, including the defendant uh, and both counsel. There's just one more piece of business. A routine defense motion called a Rule 29. In Tennessee, it's a request to the judge to throw out a case for lack of evidence. It's filed in nearly every trial. Defense attorneys do it just in case their client gets convicted. Then they can use that motion later on appeal. Only two words are required, either motion granted or motion denied. Senior Judge Paul Summers. The state has not established, established a time of death beyond a general time on the morning of March 13, 2003. Ms. Leith has accounted for her whereabouts for virtually all of that time that morning prior to the initiation of the 911 call. Her clothing tested negative for blood and gunshot residue. I look at my producer, Josh Gaynor, and I'm thinking, what's happening? So I look at a court official who looks right back at me, her eyes wide, her face puzzled. And then, like so many times in the story of Raynella Leith, the unexpected happens. In short, the state has failed to meet their burden in the opinion of this court, even by a mere preponderance of the evidence, let alone beyond a reasonable doubt that Ms. Leith killed her husband. The court finds that the state has failed to meet the required element of identity of Raynella Leith as a person who committed the crime charged the defendant's motion for judgment of acquittal is granted. The defendant, Raynella Leith, is not guilty. The case against Raynella Leith is dismissed. It is so ordered this 10th day of May, 2017. That gasp you heard, that came from Raynella Leith. Everyone in the courtroom seemed shocked. After a week-long trial, And before the jury can even deliberate, Judge Summers, on his own, dismisses the case. And because he did it before the jury had a chance at a verdict, the decision cannot be appealed. Raynella's attorney, Rebecca Legrand. She walked in that courtroom presumed innocent, and the state did nothing to overcome that presumption. They don't get to try this again. 
This is done. They've tried. They got their chance to put on all the evidence they had. They didn't have enough evidence that any reasonable juror could find her guilty. Everyone in the courtroom looked confused. After days of testimony, closing arguments, the judge had taken the decision away from the jurors and dismissed the case against the defendant. Uh, why did it? Attorney General uh, Stephen again, Crump still can't quite believe it when we talk to him weeks later. I don't understand it. I don't have an explanation. I just never expected it. And, and, and still, to this day, can't explain it. As for the three okay. jurors we interviewed, there's no other yeah. way to put it. Let us do, let us do what we're here for. Instead. They are angry. We were just used. I mean, they just used us as set pieces, pretty much. I feel like... If Judge Summers was so convinced that he was right about the evidence, why not let us deliberate it? And how do you explain that? I can't. Only Judge Summers can. So we asked Judge Summers, now retired, to make his case to 48 hours, and he agreed. And strictly based on the evidence that I heard on both sides, but particularly on the state side, if I'd have been the district attorney general, I would not have brought the case to trial. Did you choose to do this, to end this case, to finally end this case? Yes. You did? I did. At the point in time when I realized that Rule 29 had been met, when the, when the evidence was legally insufficient, I decided to end this case by doing my job and granting the motion for judgment of acquittal. Knowing that it could Judge not be Summers appealed. believes the prosecutors uh, did no, present enough evidence for the jury to decide a homicide may have occurred, but he's convinced they didn't meet their burden to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that Raynella Lee was, no, was the one who committed there was, it. There was nothing to link her to the weapon. There was nothing to link her to uh, any of the blood. There was no gunshot residue found on her clothes or around her. Uh, she had an alibi that the state could not prove the time of death. There, the evidence was clearly insufficient to show that she was the perpetrator of the crime. And finally, the, the, there was no evidence to show that she was even the last person ever to see David Leith alive. If you were so sure that there wasn't enough evidence for the jury to convict her beyond a reasonable doubt, wouldn't the jury have come to the same conclusion? I was simply doing my job, not trying to pass the buck to the jury. Judges sometimes make these extraordinary decisions when they fear the jurors might be swayed by emotion and not evidence. And while we'll never know for sure what the whole jury would have done, we did get a clue. After talking to the three jurors, Michael Persicano, Jesse Capps, and William McMichael. But if you had gotten to vote, how would you have voted? Guilty. 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 Do you feel Raynella Leith got away with murder? I absolutely feel she got away with murder. To these three jurors, the gun pointed only to one person. Exactly. And that was Raynella Leith. For me, I think so much time was spent on... um, other things like, was, was he depressed? Did he have Alzheimer's? Did he have dementia? Um, to me, that was totally secondary. What mattered was the physical evidence. And the physical evidence, to me, clearly pointed to 
a murder. There's no way David Lee fired that third shot. And you don't believe the defense witness who said, well, you can have this spasm after death that pulled the trigger the third time? That's fantasy. What most convinced you, Jesse, that this wasn't just a murder, but that Raynella Leith was the one who killed her husband. Joshua Hedrick was sitting on that bed and he was twirling that cylinder on that gun. A burden to my family. Proud man doesn't want to be a burden. It was just so corny to me. It was fake. He was trying so hard. After that, I was like, all right, they're trying so hard that it's so obvious now. It's just so obvious. Was it possible, did it go through any of your minds that maybe someone else came into the house and shot him? She was the last person there and there was no other evidence of anyone else in there at all. I'm just not okay with the way that it ended. It's a feeling David Lee's cousin, Beth Roberts, shares. He stole that verdict from the family, from the prosecution, from the jury. Um, It was a theft. It wasn't just the three jurors we interviewed. Shortly after the judge's decision, a majority of the jurors gathered near the courthouse, and they also said they would have voted guilty. We shared that information with Judge Summers. We interviewed some of the jurors, and they told us that after the trial, a number of them met up, and they said that to a person, they would have voted guilty. What's your reaction to that? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. I have, I have been through hundreds of trials. I've seen situations where jurors would go back into the jury room and the, the, the original vote would be 11 and 1, one way or the other. And then it comes back eight hours later, five hours later, or the next day, completely opposite. I don't, I don't, I don't have any comment or any feeling whatsoever for those kind of comments. I simply took an oath to do my job, to do what's right, to follow the rules. To the best of my knowledge and ability, I followed the rules, made a decision, and felt comfortable and went to bed that night feeling comfortable about my decision. What this case did for me was just remind me that while we're all looking for truth, we always want truth at the end of the trial. We want to know what really happened. All we get is some form of justice. We get what is considered justice. A judge reached a verdict. Raynella Leith goes home. No one is convicted of David Lee's murder. It may not have been a murder. It may have been a suicide. But there's still questions. And that's... That's what this verdict reminded me of, is that we don't necessarily find out the truth. We are all hoping to finally know what happened, to be able to close that chapter and say, okay, either David Lee committed suicide or he was murdered. And we're left really where we were before the trial. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? 
Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And so, that's how Raynella Lee's third and last trial ended, with the judge dismissing the case. But even without a guilty verdict... There is still the court of public opinion, and there are some in Knoxville who will always call her a black widow. But none of that matters to her now. Because as she leaves the Knox County Courthouse, How are you doing, Raynella? You guys weren't worried about her before, so leave her alone now. Her daughters, Maggie and Katie, by her side. Do you have anything Please to leave say? Mama. Raynella and her daughters have endured years of whispers, suspicions, accusations, but she is now a free woman. Did it cross your mind you might be letting a killer go free? You know, there's a difference between being not guilty and being innocent. If the state does not prove its case, they are found not guilty. It doesn't say that they're innocent. So you're not saying that Raynella Leith is innocent. You're saying not guilty. There are two entities of which I'm aware that know the answer to that question. One is the good Lord above, and the other one is the defendant, Raynella Leith. But I do know that she's not guilty. So we're at the end of Raynella Lee's story, or are we? It's over for uh, Raynella Leith as far as David Leith is concerned. She can never be tried for that case again. She's been found not guilty. It's over. I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours, and that's Married to Death. This podcast series, Married to Death, is developed by 48 Hours in partnership with CBS News Radio. Judy Tigart is executive producer. Nancy Kramer is our executive story editor. Mike Vallee and Alan Pang are the series producer editors. This episode was produced by Josh Gaynor, Lisa Freed, and Luis Geraldo, and edited by Mike McHugh, Dwayne Tullison, Jamie Benson, and Megan Marcus. Thanks to composer Richard Fioca for his original scores. Gabriella Demergian and Morgan Canty are our associate producers. Kayla Cadell is our production associate. Thank you to Craig Swagler, the vice president and general manager of CBS News Radio. And finally, a shout out to all of you, our fans. We owe it to all of you, the millions of fans of 48 Hours in the U.S. and around the world. Don't forget to join me online. I am at EF Moriarty on Twitter, and we are at 48 Hours on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. See you soon.
Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan Family Killings, early and ad-free on Wondery Plus, starting May 1st.